Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be in Mark chapter 5 today, and we are going to be looking at some wonderful things that Jesus did for people who were desperate. The madman of Gadara, the woman with the issue of blood, and Jairus' daughter, in Jesus' name. Father, we thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. Teach us today, Lord. Holy Spirit, take the things of Jesus and make them real to us today. And we'll give you praise and honor and glory for that. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise God. We are in John, uh, I'm sorry, Mark chapter 5. We're going to be looking at uh, this chapter beginning in verse 1. And they came over unto the side of the sea into the country of the Gadarenes. And when he was come out of the ship, immediately there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Now, I want you to notice what Mark records. This lunatic was a man, just an ordinary man like you and I. And what this event in the ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ demonstrates is, number one, how deep the darkness and the depravity and the dominion of the devil there is. We don't know the depth of it yet. We see it personified in the person of the fallen one, Satan, the devil himself. He is darkness personified. And let me make sure that we understand that there is no light in him at all. There is total, complete darkness, not utter darkness, total darkness. And when Adam sinned, darkness entered into his life. And as a result of that, darkness dispelled light that was on the inside of him. He had a knowledge of God. But the light of God's revelation uh, was destroyed in him because of sin. Well, in the same way, when Jesus came, he destroyed the works of the devil in us. He's the one that brought the light. He is the one that dispelled the darkness. And so we see this madman of Gadara. And we're, let's read a little bit further. And who had his dwelling, this madman, this lunatic, had his dwelling among the tombs. And no man could bind him, no, not with chains, because they had, he had been often bound with fetters and chains. And the chains had been plucked asunder by him. And the fetters broken in pieces, neither could any man tame him. So we see here in, in verse 4, that all the remedies of man were fruitless. They didn't produce anything. They didn't uh, deliver this man from the madness and the demon possession uh, that he was being afflicted by. Notice it says, verse 3, this man was a man, but in verse 3, no man could bind him. No, not with chains. There are There is a limit of what man can do to alleviate the ills and the sins and the darkness of man. And verse 5 says, and always, night and day. Isn't that the, the present position of sin in our life in the world today? Night and day, 
night and day. We suffer the iniquities and the afflictions that are brought on to us by sin. And there's only one remedy, and that's Jesus. Hallelujah. And this madman, he was in the mountains and in the tombs, crying and cutting himself with stones. But I love that word, but. I love that word, but. But God, who is rich in mercy for his great love, wherewith he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sins, he quickened us and made us alive, and he raised us up and made us to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But Jesus, hallelujah. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshiped him. Now, this man was afflicted. He was in a bad way. Now, verse 7 says this, And he cried with a loud voice. He found Jesus. He went to Jesus. But when he saw Jesus, <laughs> oh, I love that. But when he saw Jesus afar off, he ran and worshipped him. And cried with a loud voice and said, What have I to do with you, Jesus, you son of the most high God? I adjure you by God that you torment me not. He, the demons were speaking through this man. But I want you to notice he was possessed of devils. But those devils did not have complete and total control over him. Because they knew exactly what Jesus would do. The demons inside this man knew exactly what Jesus would do. They did not want to be anywhere around the Lord Jesus. But the man did. Because he was desperate. There was enough realization in him where he knew that Jesus was the only one that could deliver him. That Jesus was the only one that could save him. Man had tried and failed. We're going to see here in this chapter that man has his limits. What man could not do, God himself did. And I'm telling you today, many of you, and I hope that you're listening to this broadcast. Amen. I want you to listen to this. You have come to the end of your road. You have reached the limit. Go beyond your limit and trust the Jesus Christ of Nazareth who knows no limit. You still have a way for deliverance. You still have a way of salvation. You still have a way to get out of the situation that you're in. His name is Jesus. He doesn't box. You can't put him in a box. He doesn't box. You can't place a limit on him. He has no limits. Hallelujah. Amen. And he's been raised up and he's made to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. He is at the right hand of the throne of God. Hallelujah. There's no higher place in the universe and in the spirit realm than at the right hand of God. Hallelujah. Demons recognize the authority of Jesus 
And they also understood that they were subject to the authority of Jesus. Demons today understand that you and I are walking in the authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. That he gave to us, that he delegated to us. They understand that. That in the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. And every tongue shall confess, <laughs> Woo, glory to God, hallelujah, that Jesus Christ is Lord. The devil understands that. If there's one thing that the devil does understand, he understands authority. And he understands that the authority of Jesus, who was at the right hand of the throne of God, this, this his authority has been delegated to the church down here on earth. And so in verse 8, Jesus says to, this, to these demons, Come out of the man, you unclean spirit. And then Jesus asked him, What is your name? And the demon answered, saying, My name is Legion, for we are many. I want you to notice that. Now this demon, speaking through this man, besought him that he would not send him away out of the country. See, there are demons that are territorial. They have regions. They have places where they like to dwell because man has yielded to him and man allows him. Why is it in our biggest cities crime is so high? Because people are yielding to that spirit, that principality, that power that is over that area. But let the church arise. Let them take, amen, the promised land, that area that God has given him. God has already given to us the places where we live. We just have to take dominion over them. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. Verse 11 continues. Now there was there nigh unto the mountains a great herd of swine feeding. And all the devils besought him, saying, Send us into the swine that we may enter into them. And forthwith Jesus gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out and entered into the swine, and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There was about 2,000 of them, what Scripture says. John Mark records about 2,000, and they were choked in the sea. Now, there is a parable found over in Matthew in chapter 12 and over in Luke in that same area around chapter 12. Jesus spake a parable. And he says, when the spirit goes out of a man, he walks in dry places seeking rest and finding none. And then he says to himself, I will go back to my own house, to my house where I where I dwelt previously. And when he goes there, he finds it empty, swept and garnished. I'm telling you today. The devil will always fill a vacuum that's left if it's not filled with God himself. If there's an absence or a vacuum in your mind when it comes to thinking and, and imagination and strongholds, Satan will always fill it. Amen. We have to keep our mind filled with the word of God. Keep our soul filled with God. Keep it filled. Keep our spirit filled with God. Now, Satan can't possess a Christian, a born-again Christian, because the born-again Christian has become a temple of the Holy Ghost. And the works of the devil have been paralyzed in that man. He's no longer walking in death. 
Death has been put to death. Hallelujah. All because of the death of Jesus. Hallelujah. But Jesus now lives in us through the resurrection. Praise God. So Satan has no power over us. He has no dominion over us who are born again believers. Now, he will possess a church man. He will possess a church woman if they're not filled with God, if they're not born again. So church members not going to save us. Water baptism without faith is not going to save us. It takes God working in us. Hallelujah. And it it requires us receiving Jesus. Hallelujah. Into our hearts as Savior and as Lord. Well, this man, he's filled with 2000 demons. But now the parable said that the, the spirit walks through a dry places seeking rest and finding none. And then he decides to go back to his home. And when he goes, he finds an empty, swept and garbage uh, uh, garnished. But yet he takes seven others that are worse than himself and enter into that man. And that man becomes worse than at first. So uh, we don't know. That man could have had 14,000 demons in him. But the Bible says there was 2,000 hogs. And yet Jesus took, gave them leave. And the unclean spirits went out of the man and entered into the swine. And the herds ran violently down a steep place into the sea. There were about 2,000 and were choked in the sea. God Jesus Christ himself, through the power of God, cast those all of those demons out of that man. Hallelujah. Praise God. There came great deliverance to his house that day. Hallelujah. And so we uh, the rest of the of this uh, story here, the. The, those that were feeding the swine, they went and told it in the city. You know, the people came out. They didn't know who Jesus was. They thought he was some type of conjurer or demons. And they came to Jesus and they saw the man possessed with the devil and, and uh, sitting and clothed and in his right mind. And they were afraid. And they that saw it told him how it befell to him that was possessed of the devil concerning the swine. And they began to pray Jesus to depart out of their coasts. They were afraid. Fear gripped their heart. They could have had faith. If they had faith and embraced Jesus, there would have been a great revival at that, at that right then and there. But see, this Jesus came to this man. This man came to Jesus, rather, with a need that could not be filled by any other than Jesus. And it was the compassion of Jesus that cast all of those devils out of that man. That man was desperate. He had a need that must be answered, a need that must be supplied. Man couldn't supply it, but God did. Hallelujah. And because of it, I want you to notice. I want you to notice that after this man was delivered and Jesus is getting ready to come into the ship. Why? Because the, the, the people in that area told him to leave. So Jesus left. How many churches have invited Jesus to leave and he left? How many so-called Christians have invited Jesus to leave and he left? Oh, I'm telling you. Jesus is knocking on the door of our heart. We better open the door. 
so he can come in. Praise God. Hallelujah. And when he, Jesus was coming to the ship, he that had been possessed of the devils prayed and asked him, Lord, let me come. Let me follow you. But Jesus said he wouldn't do it. He said, but he said to him, go home to your friends and tell them how great things the Lord has done for you and has had compassion on you. The key to miracles is compassion. Do we love the sinner? Do we love the lost of this world enough to tell them the truth? Do I love our homosexual friends and our lesbian friends? Instead of bedding up, bedding down with them and accept them in their in their horrible, sinful ways. Do we love them enough to tell them the truth? Do we love them with the word of God? Do we have compassion upon the person at the same time preaching against their sin? We need to look at people the way Jesus does. Scripture says that the people were afraid of this madman because they couldn't help him. They couldn't do anything to bind him. But Jesus wasn't afraid of him. Jesus had compassion on him. There are many that we rub shoulders with every day. We don't know the depth of wickedness and the depth of despair and the depth of desperation in their souls. But Jesus does. Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. Beginning in verse 21, it says, And when Jesus was passed over again by ship unto the other side, many people gathered to him, and he was nigh unto the sea. And behold, there came one, a ruler of the synagogue, his name was Jairus. And when he saw him, he fell at his feet. Notice that Jairus was desperate. And that desperate and that desperation caused him to run to Jesus, run to him. And Jairus bought, besought the Lord greatly, saying, my daughter lies at, at the point of death. I pray, come and lay your hands on her that she may be healed and she shall live. Notice the faith working in this man, Jairus. Faith is what opens up the door to miracles. And Jesus went with him. Hallelujah. Jesus responds to faith. And Jesus went with him. And much people followed him and thronged him. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now, we're going to skip over uh, the woman with the issue of blood. We'll get back with her in just a moment. But I want you to notice something. In Jairus' case, notice what it says. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, I tell you, Jesus came to Jairus' house. And on the way, you know, servants came to Jairus and told him, your, 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 your daughter's dead. And he turned around and looked at Jesus. And the first thing Jesus said to him, do not be afraid, only believe. What is Jesus saying to us today in our situations and circumstances of life? Do not be afraid, only believe. And Jesus entered into the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And he saw this tumult going on. He saw all these paid for grievers. They were all grieving. The mourners were mourning. And he told him, why are you doing this? This 
daughter is not dead. She just sleeps. And they turned around and they mocked him and laughed at him. Well, miracles cannot work in that type of atmosphere. So what did Jesus do? He ushered every one of them out of the house. Now, there was just Jairus, the wife of Jairus, and the dead daughter. And he took both the, the father and the mother into where the damsel lay, touched her, Talitha Kumi, and the daughter came back from the dead. Daughter, I say unto you, arise. And Jesus brought that dead daughter back to life, called her from the grave back into her body. Hallelujah. Desperate. There's something about desperation that forces us to run to Jesus and pull out of Jesus the very things that we need. Blessed are they that hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Do you have a hungry heart today? Do you desire a move of God today? Do you desire for God to do something for you that you cannot do for yourself, that man cannot do for you, that you must see God, that you must grab the horns of the altar of the Most High God, that you must have an answer? With that type of desperation and calling upon Jesus, I guarantee you God will answer. And when he does answer, he will answer by fire. Hallelujah. Now, the woman with the issue of blood. Jesus is on his way to Jairus' house. And a certain woman, which had an issue of blood 12 years, and suffered many things and many physicians, and had spent all that she had, but she didn't get better. She grew worse. But when she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind. Here's a desperate woman. She hears of Jesus and it changes her life. She runs to Jesus. She goes to Jesus. She comes in the press behind. She kept saying within herself, if I may just but touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Oh, I tell you, that's a demonstration of faith. Oh, I just speak the word and it will come to pass. If I just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. And when she did that, the fountain of her blood was dried up immediately. And she felt in her body that she was healed of that plague. Hallelujah. The healing power that came out of Jesus went through her body and totally healed her. What God did in a New York second, amen, all 12 years and all physicians and all the money that this woman had could not prevail over her plague. Jesus did it in a moment of time. And Jesus, immediately knowing himself, the virtue had or power had gone out of him, turned about in the press, said, who touched my clothes? The disciple says, Lord, the multitude, they're thronging you. They're touching you. They're rubbing up against you. And yet you're saying to us who touched us, you're asking this question, who touched me? Jesus saw and he felt power go out of his body. Somebody with faith touched the master. 
Hallelujah. And Jesus looked around about to see that had done this thing, but the woman fearing and trembling know what was done in her came and fell down before him and told him all the truth. Notice what Jesus says to her daughter. It's your faith that has made you whole. Go in peace and be whole of thy plague. When Jesus healed her, there was no opportunity for that plague to come back. What God did, he did once and for all. Hallelujah. So what do we see here? We see three people, desperate people. People beyond doing for themselves. They called the preachers. They called the doctors. They called this one. They called that one. None could alleviate the situation, the pain and the suffering that they were in. But they heard of Jesus. Hallelujah. All three came to Jesus. All three recognized Jesus' authority. And all three were delivered. All three were healed. Hallelujah. That's the kind of faith that brings the power of God into your life and into my life. Hallelujah. But now notice what Jesus says to these three. To the madman of Gadara, he said this, go home and tell your friends what great things the Lord has done for you. God is getting ready to work a miracle in your life, my friend. And when he does that, you go tell all of your friends what great thing God has done for you as a witness and as a testimony of the great power and love and compassion of our Savior. To the woman with the issue of blood, Jesus says this, Daughter, it's your faith that has made you whole. You touched me. Power came out of me. You touched me with the touch of faith. Power was released and came out of my body into yours and healed you. It was your faith that did this. Hallelujah. There is a desperation in our heart today. Amen. That is reaching out to God by faith. Amen. And when we come to that place where we come through the throng of people and we touch the hem of Jesus garment, there is going to be such a demonstration of the power of God released. Hallelujah. That all of the chains and all of the shackles and all of the lack and everything that this world, the curse that is upon this world that is touching us, all of that will be broken. Hallelujah. I'm telling you, Jesus did not fall off the throne last night. He is on the throne and he ever lives to intercede for us. Hallelujah. We will taste victory again. Praise God. Hallelujah. Be assured of that. Victory is on the way. To Jairus, Jesus says, do not be afraid. Only believe. Do not be afraid. I don't care what situation or circumstance you find in your life today. Do not be afraid. Only believe the same Jesus 
that delivered the madman, the same Jesus that healed the woman with the issue of blood, the same Jesus that raised that daughter of Jairus from the dead is the same Jesus, amen, that when you touch him, he will answer and he will deliver and he will heal and he will set you free. That's our Jesus. That's our Lord. That's our Savior. Father, in the name of Jesus, we reach out to you by faith to touch the hem of your garment. Oh, the great things that you have in store for us, Father. We love you with all of our heart, our mind, our soul, and strength. And we give you praise and honor and glory today. In your wonderful name we pray. Amen and amen. Do you know, beyond a shadow of a doubt, that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.